It's the Afternoon Delight on ESPN Pittsburgh. Wesley Euler with you here. To the phone lines we go. All of our guests here on the show brought to you by the Fox Bet app. Make the call. Download the app today. you got to be 21 or older. Gambling problem call. 1-800-GAMBLER. It's our good buddy, friend of the show, friend in real life from DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked on Steelers podcast. Of course, I'm talking about Chris Carter. You've heard him here uh, many a times, and you should be reading and listening to his work elsewhere as well. CC, oh, buddy, I I do not think that that was what we expected last night. Certainly um, not a close game, very anticlimactic is it fair to say that the story of the game, you know, if you could take away the, the Brady and the Mahomes and the legacy and the goat versus the baby goat, right? A, a lot of that fodder. The real story of the game, right, is how Tampa Bay just absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage, both sides of the football, particularly uh, dominating the Chiefs' offensive line. Is that fair to say? Uh, more than fair to say. I think that's, yeah, that's the, the story of the game. Uh, I mean, and. What's crazy, Wes, is that even when Patrick Mahomes got time to at least process what was going on, they were doing a good job of covering their guys downfield. They weren't giving them uh, too many spots to, to to really blow up. And even when Patrick Mahomes, and I will say this, they limited the times the Chiefs had to make big plays um, and the opportunities to do it. And the Chiefs dropped the ball on a few occasions when they had those chances. Uh, you know, early on, that third down drop by Travis Kelsey, I thought that was yeah, yeah. I thought that was a game that's a play where if you're supposed to be the best tight end in football, you're supposed to come with that situation in the big game. And then uh, another situation, I mean, that may be the that may be the greatest throw on an incomplete pass that I've ever seen in my life. The one where Patrick Mahomes is diving out while a guy is hitting him and he as he's literally horizontally laid out just above the field, he throws this ball sidearm and hits a dude in the head in his face. 30 yards in the end zone. Like, I've, I've never seen something on a play that's just going to register as an incomplete pass look so amazing as that moment. And, uh, and the Chiefs, they had their chances to do things, uh, and they didn't, uh, they didn't capitalize on it. And that's, uh, you know, that, that, that's, it's like you said, anticlimactic. And, uh, you know, it kind of it reminds everyone, like, like, all season long, the Chiefs were the unstoppable team, and even when the Steelers were eleven and zero, everyone's like saying, "Well, they're looking up at the Chiefs, even while the Chiefs were below them." And it's like the Chiefs did everything right this season. They got hurt at the last at the last second with their offensive line, and now you're going to look back and say that's a huge disappointment because you don't know how many times you get a chance to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. Absolutely. There's a lot of quarterbacks who talk about. You know, I've heard Russell Wilson talking about that. Oh, I went twice early in my career. And you just take it for granted. You know, Dan Marino said that many times. You know, I went to the Super Bowl my second year in the league. I thought we'd get back every season. Sticking with some of that Mahomes stuff that you mentioned there, Chris, one thing that I've noticed today, of course, and you knew this was going to happen regardless of what played out last night, that the narrative was going to be run with one way or the other. Well, today it's, oh, well, I mean, that that does it for for Mahomes. I mean, he'll, he'll never catch Brady. He'll never have seven. He can never be the GOAT. He can never be the greatest of all time. Like, Chris, if, if chasing Tom Brady's greatness is all that a quarterback's legacy is defined by, then we should just fold the league. Every quarterback should hang it up. Like, he's the biggest outlier that we've ever seen in the sport. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that today. I'm not with that today. Like, 
Why are we debating Patrick Mahomes' legacy, what that meant last night? He's 25 years old. He could play for two more decades. Why do we always want to write guys' legacies while they're still on the front nine of their career? They haven't even teed off on the back nine yet. He's 25 years old. That just... That's bothering me today. Why, why are we always doing this with guys when they're so young? We did the same thing with LeBron in 2011 when they lost to the Mavs. Oh, well, that's it for LeBron. He'll never be that great. People did the same thing with Alexander Ovechkin. He, he's lazy. He's a bad leader. He can't win anything until he finally won the Stanley Cup. It just bothers me how we try and do this. So, oh, well, Patrick Mahomes, that's it for him because he didn't beat Brady at age 25. Give me a break. It's because it's easy, Wes. It's why it's why I think I've had my rise in the um, in, in the sports journalism community in Pittsburgh. Mm. I I don't like doing that unless unless you're know, like you're just having fun and you're just like okay we're going to do this on occasion. But those kind of conversations they dominate the airwaves yep. and the and the columns sometimes. And it's okay to, to joke about it once in a while, like you know, like you know, like you're you walk into the barber shop and you're like, no, nah, I don't think he's the goat. I think this guy's the goat. <laughs> that's that's a different story. And w- or when you have a fun segment about it, but I mean, when some of these things they dedicate, that's the majority of their content is is this guy the goat? Is that guy the goat? It's like, come on. I, and I think it's, when I say it's lazy and it's easy, it's because you know now you don't have to talk. You don't have to go back and look at the film and say, okay, what were the things that Champ Bay was doing on the back end there? What you know, where were, what kind of stunts, what kind of, you know, they, the fact that they moved Vita Bay to basically be an edge rusher mm-hmm. was, you know, to, con- to confuse Kansas City. Talking about those elements of the game. And, and I see some people talking about it, but it doesn't, you know, get the, you know, it doesn't get the same headline as, you know, Brady, you know, Mahomes won't catch Brady because then everyone will, yeah. will, will flock to that. Well, no that, one's ever going to catch, no one's ever going to catch Brady, right? So if that's what this is all about, let's just shut it down. Like, it's, it's just so right. short-sighted. It, it, Exactly, and at the same time, it's like okay, you know, I I also I also go into this and say like you know, would if someone got five Super Bowls, if another quarterback goes like say Mahomes goes and gets five Super Bowls, and then you look at how he did it, and maybe he played better in those five Super Bowl wins than Brady played in any of his Super Bowl wins, then you're you're going to say are you going to say well none of those count because he lost to Brady in the Super Bowl years ago, and again, Mahomes wasn't shut down by Tom Brady. He was shut down by a Tampa Bay defense that Brady was like, I want to go play with those guys. You know, and it's, it's funny. We, we hear about LeBron running to this team and Durant running to this team and all, the, all those narratives. But that, that's why Tom Brady left the Patriots. He was like, you know what? They don't got any guns. The defense is falling apart. Uh, the offense won't give me any weapons. I'm going to go to a place where I am abundant with weapons. Then he got people to go with him. And that's why they're there. And, um, you know, I, I, that's the thing. Like, I don't find it all that shocking. I, the, the thing that shocked me the most in that game, because I, I said I think the Buccaneers could win the game. I didn't think that the Buccaneers' defense would lock down the Chiefs that way. I thought that uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs would, would back up Mahomes. Because again, I still think he made several plays that could have yep. put his team back in it. His guys just didn't come up with them. And, and to me, that's the biggest disappointment here. Is that at least, like, I was waiting in that fourth quarter. As I think everyone was for that that switch to be turned on, and then all of a sudden. The Chiefs are, are are here and they're scoring at will, and no one can stop them. Um, so, all in all, I, I I I'm right with you. The the, the conversation it's drawn out, um, and uh, it, it gets very tiresome. Uh, to to me, the question is, you know, one, will the Buccaneers be able to keep that together? Will you know, will Brady want to stay there, and will they, will they be able to keep the vets that they've signed and everything like that? 
And then two, you know, what's going to happen with the Chiefs moving forward? We know they've been, they've been loading up for years to get their star talent to pay their guys. Eventually, they're going to have to start switching some of their people around. Hmm. And, you know, how long can they keep, how long do they keep their group together? Because, again, you, you just paid Mahomes, you paid Kelsey, you know, Tyreek Hill's got his money, and you're paying guys on defense. Eventually, you know, you got to pay the Piper. Yeah, well, I mean, Chris, it doesn't matter because Tom Brady is always going to be better. I mean, Patrick Mahomes will never be Tom Brady, so it doesn't matter anyways. Chris Carter with us here on the Afternoon Delight on 970 ESPN. He of DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked On Steelers podcast. Fan. Yeah, that, that just sticking in my craw. Like, if that, that's the only thing that Mahomes is playing for, what? So he can't separate himself from Peyton Manning and Joe Montana and Aaron Rodgers and some of these other dudes? If we look up 15 years from now and Patrick Mahomes has five Super Bowl rings and seven MVPs, what? We're just, oh, well, you know, he's not Tom Brady. It missed me with that. But, Chris, you, you mentioned the Tampa Bay defense there. And, man, I, I, he's getting his roses today, and he deserves it. What a job by, by Todd Bowles, and I know this is not how those things work, but, I mean, he was the Super Bowl MVP to me. Yeah, again, their game plan was perfect. They, they, they found different ways to create pressure because even if you're the Chiefs, you're like, okay, we know we're shorthanded this week on the offensive line. Let's do these things to make it easier for them and easier for Patrick to get settled in this game, and, uh, and we'll look for these matchups because these are the things the Buccaneers like to do. The Buccaneers said, screw that. We're going to switch everything up. We're going to move our guys around. And, uh, and one thing I told Paul Zeiss last, uh, last Friday was, I want to see how Devin White and Levante David take on Travis Kelsey. And even though Kelsey got 130-some yards in the game, he felt neutralized because a lot of them were kind of you know garbage time, too late type of moments mm. where it didn't amount to anything, and especially in the red zone. Those guys were huge in taking away the passing opportunities and as well as stuffing the run uh, of, the, of the Chiefs. Uh, it, just, it just shows how important you know, that level of the, that, that part of the, the defense is that I think people underestimate. Having good to great off-ball linebackers can make the difference. Cool. And I think I said this on your, your show last week, Wes. When was the last time the Steelers won a Super Bowl without a super dominant inside linebacker, middle linebacker mm. type of presence? The answer is never. Because the you know the last time they won it they had they had James Ferrier for the last two and he was the, he was the soul of that defense he was the leader the undisputed guy and um, the time and of course in the seventies they had Jack Lambert you need those type of guys to take away the middle of the field both with the run and with the easier passes and then you still need other pieces but that's that's such a huge part and they already had a good off ball linebacker in Levante David and now you've got Devin White a, top, a fifth overall pick. Um, I, I think it's huge that you see those things go on for this defense. Um, and, and someone, uh, someone did a, you know, tweeted a really good uh, tweet early last night that said, you know, credit the Buccaneers GM staff because, you know, and their, their front office, because when you look at the things that they've done over the years, they've drafted, you know, a wide receiver super mm-hmm. early. They've drafted a defensive tackle super early. They've drafted an off ball linebacker super early. All those positions, you know, everyone says you shouldn't draft those guys super early. You should be getting a cornerback or a quarterback or an offensive lineman. And it's like, you know, don't don't base yourself in that. And no, they stuck the best player available and now they've built this roster where you had a few pieces and they're Super Bowl champions uh, you know, here. So you know, really, there's a lot of other interesting storylines here, and you're right, Todd Bowles' defense should be at the head of them. Chris, you mentioned Devin White there. Man, 
uh, he just absolutely took off this year. I, I think people like you and I who kind of, you know, fancy ourselves football nerds, uh, we've had this guy circled uh, since he came out of LSU in 2019, particularly uh, running next to Levante David and in that defense. But for Devin White, man, Chris, uh, is it fair to say that, you know, at the end of his career or, you know, maybe just a, 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 even a, a year or two from now, We'll look at this playoff run as the time when he really became a star. Man, I, I can't think of anybody who has put together, you know, a, a three games from an – I mean, uh, maybe I'm going back to Luke Keekley when, when the Seahawks – or Luke Keekley, pardon me, Bobby Wagner when the Seahawks mm-hmm. were, were, were making those back-to-back runs or maybe even Luke Keekley, you know, when the, when the Panthers went 15-1 and one to go to the Super Bowl. Like, you're right, man. The off-ball linebackers are so criminally underrated – and, man, I, I don't think we've seen one take off like Devin White in a situation like this in, in a while. I mean, I remember when I was seeing that dude at LSU, and I heard someone say, that dude could be the next Ray Lewis. Yeah. And I watched him, and I was like, ooh, I kind of see what you mean there. Because it's, it's not just that he's big. It's not just that he's fast. It's that he hits hard, and then he looks like if he just starts to put a few more things together, then he's going to be your worst nightmare in the middle of the field. And, man – that's what he is. And, and that's the thing is that I, I, I also think, like, you know, a lot of people are like, man, the Steelers could never, you know, get a guy like that. Like, well, I mean, Devin Bush had a better year than him last year. I'm not saying that Devin Bush is going to be better than Devin White, but I am saying that that shows that when you have a guy at that level that can play at a high point and be the, be the center point of your defense, it does so much for you. Because then again, you know, again, when was the last time the Steelers won a playoff game? When they had Ryan Chase here. So, like, like, yeah, it's true. It's, it's, such a, it's such a huge part of your defense that when you ignore it and or when, when it gets beat up the way it did for the Steelers this year and how they were just, you know, losing guy after guy all season, um, it, it's, it's tough to replace and it's tough to win football games when your defense has a huge hole right in the middle of it. And Devin White, yeah, I mean, He's, he's stepped up. He's maturing. This was the things that I, you know that we were seeing. Like, hey, you know, he's really raw in these parts of the game. But if he starts to warm up to them, he'll be really good. And uh, and and here you are, you know, working with Larry Foot, working with uh, you know, working with Todd Bowles. He's uh, he's becoming a superstar, and uh, he's going to be a name and a face that we get to know for quite some time in the NFL. Just another question or two here with our buddy Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports, and the Locked On Steelers podcast here on the Afternoon Delight on ESPN Pittsburgh. Chris, I, I, I said this on Friday, and I maintain the same thing today. And I know you're like me, that you know football is the sport, but you've got a lot of other interests elsewhere. I think we're both very much into basketball. And then uh, you, pick up the, you pick up the baseball slack where I turn to the, to the ice and some, and, some, and some hockey. But I like to me, Tom Brady is without a doubt the, the, the greatest unquestioned winner, um, you know he is he is a he he went from elite to god level last night right but to me i i still i still can't call him the greatest athlete of all time because that's so hard for me to do like i feel like football is different than all the other team sports in this regard tom brady's never had to d anybody up tom brady's never had to make a tackle tom brady's never had to block a shot you know michael jordan and lebron james they've got to make the shot and then stop freaks like Kevin Durant and 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 Reggie Miller who were trying to come down and then drop one on their head. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, right? He had to score 200 goals a season, and then he had to stop other Hall of Famers from scoring goals too uh, to win all those championships in baseball, right? Uh, you know, Barry Bonds wasn't just 
hitting. Barry Bonds was out there defending and making throws and doing a lot of things too. I'm just interested where you come down on that. Is Tom, like, Am I wrong? And Tom Brady is without a doubt the greatest team sport athlete of all time, or do you think that's a fair distinction to make that I just I judge football differently in that conversation because in every other team sport, it's, it's both ends of the ice, both ends of the court. It's a 200-foot game, right, except for football uh, where you're only going one way. Is that fair? No, it's more than fair on your part. Now, I also say, you know, people who are quick to say, well, no one's ever won seven Super Bowls, like, well, wait, or no, well, seven titles, there's seven Super Bowls, obvious, but no one's ever won seven titles. Well, Bill Russell's got 11. You know, like, right. Like, and, like, and, I, and, not, and a gold medal and a college basketball national championship. Right. There's so many other, like, like if you want to say it, you have every, like, he has built the resume. And that's, again, that's where we go with these conversations. Is right. When you talk about these things, what you he's can done never in the modern compete. era, Tom Brady is insane. Right, right, but you can never compare. Like, like there's no, there's no easy marker to compare to say, hey, is this many Super Bowls worth more than this many NBA championships, or you know, or World Series titles, or, right, right, you know, or anything else, or and then you also got to include the individual sports. Is he better than you know Muhammad Ali, Floyd yep. Mayweather, Tiger Woods, Rita Williams? You know, Tiger Woods, they, yeah. uh, all those Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt, yeah, Michael, exactly. You start to get put up there, and it's just, it's like, look, you know. If you if he's your goat, great. Go, go make him your goat. Uh, he's not mine. I you know, I, still, I still put a lot of people up there, um, and, uh, and and I'm sorry, but you know a lot of people that make a, make a lot of noise about Barry Bonds and his cheating, and that's why he can't be your your goat. If you say that, and you don't say the same thing about Tom Brady. I'm kind of looking at you like mm, I don't know about that champ. Uh, and, and again, I'm one of the people that, that that said for a long time in Pittsburgh, this dude is the greatest processor of the field in the history of the game. Yeah. That is his that is his best attribute that has always been. He knows where you're at before you're going to get there, and he picks you apart. And it helps him make the best be, be the best decision maker I've ever seen on the football field. Um, and and if, if it makes him your your goat, that's absolutely it. But for me, I, I weigh a lot of different things there, and I'm like, eh, you know, if I had to take. You know, if I was had to take one guy to start everything, I might go with this guy here or that guy there. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, you you could put him at the top of the football mountain. Um, and and yeah, everyone will be chasing him, and who knows, he might be back next year and say, "Oh, jeez, hey, I'm, I'm going for eight. <laughs> and uh, and again, that's, that's that's what I'm saying. If if the Buccaneers keep this team together, now this defense knows who they are. You right. know, this was right. this was very much a year where they were figuring out who's good. You know, Carlton Davis, the way he stepped up in these playoffs, Antoine Winfield stepping up at safety, also. The, I mean, the, the deuces sign that he just threw up in Tyreek Hill's face. I was just like, ooh, that's just, that's just nasty. Because you, know, you know it don't matter no more. Like, the game's over and you get the ball. So now you're just rubbing it in his face. And it's just like there's nothing Tyreek can, can do about that. Mm. And then I mean, you still got really good role players and guys that contributed along the way. Like Jordan Whitehead, by the way, H2P. Yep. Um, um, you know, just out here making plays for you. And they've, got a, they've got a lot of young talent on that roster. If I'm Brady, I'm like, hey. Let's just Let's get run it back next year. Because yeah. we, we, we got the dudes. We, we're starting to figure things out. And I guarantee you, Rob Gronkowski and, all the, and Antonio, all those dudes were like, yeah, why not? This is fun. I got right. to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, and, and we'll have fans maybe next year. Like, oh, man. Um, for, for me, yeah, this is uh, – this, this is, this, this is uh, you know, if you want to put Brady at the top of that of all sports, fine. And, and you could easily put him at the top of for football. I think it's – you know, it, it, it's it's kind of unquestionable unless you're yeah. you know, unless you're you know you're saying well let's weigh in the cheating and how that got it got his titles, um, but for me, um, yeah, I'm still I'm still looking at all the other people that did all these other different things in sports on top of their their winning, 
um, mm-hmm. you know, in their championships. But yes, I mean, it's a, it's a, it, again, this is going to be the easy conversation that we're going to hear <laughs> from people like Skip Bayless and and Stephen A. Smith for the next six, seven months until football starts up again. Even when football starts up again, oh yeah, it's going to be we're going to it's all they're going to talk about. I will say too, Chris, that the thing to me that is very impressive about Brady in this conversation with the other goats is like LeBron's still chasing something, right? He's still hunting down yep. Mike, he's still hunting down Michael Jordan. Uh, you know, like Wayne Gretzky was chasing Rocket Richard and, and all the records that, that, that he put up with the Canadians. Uh, Tiger Woods still chasing those 18 majors of Jack Nicholas, right? Like all these other people that we prop up in the GOAT conversations, they had somebody to chase. Like even Michael Jordan was chasing, you know, Bill Russell and Magic Johnson and, and a lot of that stuff. Brady's had nobody to chase now for, for years. He stands yeah. alone on top of that mountain in his sport, yet is still pursuing greatness. That is where I give Tom Brady a lot of credit. All right, Chris, last one for you here. I got about a minute here uh, before I let you go, and I'm going to batten down the hatches and, and uh, you know draw the curtains here as I listen to you anger all of Pittsburgh as you answer this question. But oh, boy. What do you, what do you, what do you get me in trouble for? Christopher Carter. If Antonio Brown has another couple productive years, I'm not talking the normal all-pro, pro-bowl-type seasons that we saw from him. I'm just talking solid, productive campaigns for another two years. Is A.B. a future Hall of Famer? I think so. I mean, you may not like it, Pittsburghers, but it's just the reality. And, and, And you could have said, had he remained a nobody all season long, if he had done what Le'Veon Bell had done, for the Chiefs in these playoff runs, I, you know, I would have, I would have, uh, I'd agree with the sentiment that it doesn't matter. This man did catch. I think he caught like what five touchdowns in his last four games. Then he got hurt. Yep. Then he comes back off of being hurt and catches arguably what I think was the biggest touchdown of the game, which was at the end of the first half and kind of put the Chiefs up and then you or put the Bucks up and then you saw the Chiefs get angry. That's when Tyron McHugh had you know got, got his penalty. You saw that the Chiefs were flustered and it kind of got into them. Um, and, and again, he caught that against Tyron Matthew, the, the best chief defender who was supposed to, you know, help neutralize the game for them. Um, you know, it, say what all you want. He, he's a jerk. He's a, he, he, you know, he should be in jail for some of the things that he did. And he hasn't, he doesn't seem like he feels sorry or taking responsibility for any of it, but it's great. And for six years, he was the best receiver in football. And now he's a Super Bowl champion which I know some people were like, well, that could never happen. He could never be part of a championship team or contribute to a, a, a Super Bowl win. <laughs> but now he's checked that off his list. And if he has two or three more years where he's just solid in the league, um, I, I don't think he'll be first ballot like Calvin Johnson or anything, but he'll certainly get in at some point, I think, unless voters are really uh, – they, they get really petty about it. But, I mean, it, when I think of Hall of Famers, I think of guys who were of the best in their era – and define the position, and you can't doubt that that man defined the wide receiver position for so long. And now, even when he's not at his prime anymore, he's still finding ways to contribute, and, and now he's got his Super Bowl win. So, uh, Pittsburghers, if you didn't want to see that happen for Antonio Brown, besides, it's, it's probably going to happen unless, you know, he, I mean, he could himself implode again. It's very possible that happens, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just, I, I don't see, uh, I, I don't see him not getting it. At, at this point, if he's still in the league for another two years and avoids any other incident. A first ballot Hall of Fame guest here on the show, our buddy Chris Carter hey. of DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked On Steelers podcast. Make sure you're checking out all of his work there, listening to him here. Follow him on Twitter 
at Carter Critiques. Partner, great stuff as always. I I don't know. Maybe we'll keep going every Monday here. I'm sure we'll have plenty of football things to talk about. But, yeah, if we take a little break here, too, I really appreciate all your knowledge uh, throughout the season, buddy. Great stuff as always. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, anytime you want me on West, we can talk this, we can talk hoops, anything like that, <laughs> all, all the time. Well, Thanks for having like me Like I said, I, I do have – I do have some Star Wars and some Marvel topics here for 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 uh, you know for for the content season that's coming up on us without football. So I will keep you in the loop, buddy, for sure. One division, yeah, bro. We 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 got to do that. Also, I just want to say that final score to Super Bowl. Flip it around, thirteen nine. Oh, this guy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this guy. Yeah, yeah I mean. Uh, I'm running away. I'm not, I'm I mean, it was bad enough that I had to watch LaShawn McCoy get his second no-show ring. You just got to rub that one in the – oh, my goodness. All right, get out of here, Craig. You didn't ruin my Monday. <laughs> there he goes. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Love that guy. You know, I, I, I feel like I'm very nice. I always let Chris get his WVU shots in, but, you know, I don't bring up the fact that the Pitt basketball team lost three straight and got blown out by Notre Dame, although I do think they rebounded nicely, right, and beat Virginia Tech or Virginia, or maybe they beat Virginia Tech and then lost to Virginia. I don't know. But that Chris Carter, always firing shots, but always great information uh, from him as well. Again, make sure you're checking out his work, DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked On Steelers podcast. 412-919-1316. Those are the digits to dial. You can tweet me at Wesley Euler. On the other side here, football, basketball, baseball, those sports are king in this country. But when it comes to crowning championships, there's one thing that hockey and soccer do much better than those big three leagues. I'll explain when we return. It's the afternoon delight on ESPN Pittsburgh.